Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Holly Haynes is a business strategist who loves a good plan and flowchart and is crazily passionate about teaching women how to build their dream jobs and scale to six figures without sacrificing what matters most. After 22 years of corporate strategy work for Fortune 500 companies, Holly ditched the office to build a business with her husband full-time. Oh, and they all did it within less than two years during the pandemic, and they've got twins. Uh, Holly is also the host of Crush the Rush, a top 100 ranked entrepreneur podcast focused on teaching others how to build a full-time business on a part-time schedule. Her method Crush the Rush will help business owners take back control of their time with proven systems and structures to create a business strategy that scales long-term. I'd like to welcome Holly Haynes to the podcast. Hi, Holly. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to jump in. It's going to be productivity tips. It's going to be um, a lot of great information about how to build a business. And uh, before we do, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Yeah, that's a great question. I love sweets. So like narrowing it down to one cookie is probably really hard, but I think I like a really good chocolate chip. Um, I had a friend in high school whose mom would make us chocolate chip cookies like anytime we had any sort of event. So like school dance activity, like all the things. And I, I literally think it was the recipe on the back of like the Nestle Toll House, um, like <laughs> cookie thing. But for, you know, like when, when somebody makes it, it just tastes different. And so yeah. she always used like mini chocolate chips and they were just, they were so good. Like I keep trying to make them and they just don't taste the same. <laughs> yeah. It's I think homemade is better than, you know, store-bought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun smell. memory though. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, chocolate chip is also a favorite of mine. Can't go wrong with that one. Um, it's interesting to hear everyone's answers. So I love that question. Um, yeah. So uh, you have twins. Are they girls, boys? How old are they now? Uh, I have twin girls who are nine. Um, they're fraternal, but they look exactly alike. <laughs> I have cousins that are fraternal, but they look exactly alike. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that works. Yeah. Most people are like, seriously. And I'm like, no, I'm, I swear they're fraternal, but most people can't tell them apart. One just got her haircut a little bit different. So now you can like kind of tell, but if they have it pulled back, you you can't at all. That's funny. Um, I have a nine-year-old as well. And that's like getting into the big kid age. They just use more adult language. Uh, yeah. It's not like <laughs> cursing, but just more vocabulary. And then they push the, the limit a little bit more, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely, we're like uh, very limited on what they're allowed to watch. Cause I'm like, I don't want you influenced with any of these like bad behaviors. Yeah, we were watching Flash and they use the SH word a lot. And yeah. he likes to uh, like recite lines and he was reciting him and I'll look him at side eye like, 
I was like, what? I'm just, I'm like, mm-mm. if we watch movies with adult language, like these superhero ones, like, you know better. And so he's like, yeah, I know. So they're starting to, to get to that age. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, But talk us through a little bit more about, you've got a podcast called Crush the Rush. You also have a business. You built this in the COVID. It was birthed out of COVID. Yeah. Well, I started it before COVID hit. So I didn't know it was going to be a, a COVID business, but it ended up being one anyways. <laughs> so what's the story behind that? What were you doing prior? And then when you were starting this business, what drove you to create one of your own? Yeah. So, um, I have a 22 year corporate strategy career and was doing consulting, um, around Columbus, but in the past had worked for fortune 500 companies, uh, really digging into helping them grow and scale and, and the things that you would expect from a consultant, um, sort of like deep in your career. And my girls were five at the time. And I just remember thinking like, I did all the things like I went to grad school. I have all these degrees. Like I got the job. I had the team. I had the office, like the door shut. And like, it just wasn't, it didn't hit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you like get to a certain point and you're like, this is what I worked so hard for. And you're like, no, this is not what I want. Um, And it doesn't mean that I didn't like my job. I just felt like there was probably more that I could do to like give back or make a bigger impact. But also my girls were in uh, kindergarten at the time. And, you know, it's the time where it does get chaotic because they start to have activities. And for us, we had half day kindergarten. So it was like, well, I want to put them on the bus and I want to get them off the bus. And to take like, you know, an hour outside your corporate job to do that is like next to impossible. And so I just felt this like pull to do something a little bit different. And in my corporate career, I have started like prior to this really getting into like mentoring and starting like women's groups and things like that. So I had some experience. And so in January of 2020, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to help mentor women who want to build businesses. And I just had this like random idea. I had no idea what I was doing. It's very different than like building a business online is very different than when they teach you in like grad school. And so I hired a coach in January, which was like a five figure investment. So I always joke that my business is like, you know, we're not even off the ground and we're already like, okay, here we go. Um, Yeah. And so we agreed to really leverage my corporate career and figure out how to, how that worked and that we would start a podcast because it was a great way to like build an audience and connect and see what people wanted to hear. So we did. And in March, I was like the first week of March of 2020, my first episode comes out. It's all about like, I don't know, it was like time blocking or morning routine or something. And the first case of COVID hit the United States. And I was like, oh my gosh, like here I am talking about time blocking and the world is like literally shutting down. Like what, like, what do you do? But also I'm in it, right? Like I'm in this process. And I was like, I can't, I can't stop. Like I've hired somebody. We have all the things like I have to keep going. And so that really started to become my method. And that is, I am very open about sharing behind the scenes of like what I'm doing, what's working, what's not working. And so I did that through the pod course podcast. I ended up launching a course, which everyone thinks that they should do. And 
it did okay. I think it had like four people in it. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I have a podcast. The world's shutting down. We're teaching kindergarten now from home yeah. because everyone's at home. And, you know, I'm at this point, like five figures in debt with my business. And so I was like, I have to, I have to figure out a different way. Like there's, this is not going to work. And so I flipped the entire model and really figured out a way where I could work eight to 10 hours a week, but also really leaned into launching a high ticket program first because I didn't have a lot of time. I had a ton of experience and I had to figure out a way to market that. And so we flipped the model and eventually 18 months later, I was able to retire myself and my husband. And now we work full-time in our business. So are you finding that high ticket options are back in the game? Uh, when I was same thing with you, like I was looking at, I started in my business right in the middle of COVID investing yeah. with these coaches, which are five figure. It's, it's like sticker shock and you hope you can regain your investment, but you're also like, spend money, make money, trying to, you know, yeah. it's all those things. And then I've had a kindergartner and preschooler and I doing the, then I'm a teacher doing all the things. So have you noticed that? And then I went into it and that high ticket was not appropriate for my niche, but have you noticed that that's still a thing? I think it depends on your audience. I always say it's not your launch, it's your audience. So you have to really dig into like, who is your audience? What do they want? What do they need? Um, do they have disposable income, right? Like that's a big question. If you're speaking to an audience that typically doesn't spend money on themselves, they're going to have a really hard time investing five and six figures into something. So then it might be something where you have to like step them into whatever the next thing is. Um, so I think it really it truly depends on your audience. I feel like if your audience craves something and you're program fixes it, then the value is there, right? So it kind of is in like, what's that winning offer formula? Like they have a problem. They're craving a solution to it. You have the solution and that solution is going to save them time and eventually save them money. So they're going to, they're going to buy it no matter what um, the price is, but you've got to figure out like what that, what that messaging is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for me, it made sense because well, I didn't have time to develop, like now we have a whole product suite, but I didn't have time to do all of that. Um, while I was working full time, I had to build it very slowly. And so I started at the top and then worked down and said, Hey, if I could get two one-on-one clients, that's actually going to help me hire somebody to edit our podcast, which is going to help me reach more people. Then I can launch a membership, which, you know, is a little bit more lower ticket. I can then nurture people. And then we have different different, um, models now, but it was, it it almost is like a staircase. You have to like step your way through it. Yeah. And I think having a big picture is really helpful when I was going into it. It was one of those things where I had to make it work because I had some other goals on why I was starting my business. My business has now served its purpose. And so I'm at the point now where it's like, am I just going to just keep podcasting because that's really successful and then just figure out exactly where to go from there and just platform and give mm-hmm. others platforms or do I continue to try and build a business off of what I was doing and there's just like this weird limbo but having um goals and also having a t- like making them attainable right you don't need to do mm-hmm. everything right now but you also have to almost flip it to where you where you want to be 
and then how to get there and work backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, when you are working full-time and you do have a limited schedule, you have to pick like, what's the one thing that's going to move the needle the most. I really only had eight to 10 hours a week to work. So I had to really be consistent with what are the things that are going to move the needle the most? What are the non-negotiables for me? For me, it's always a podcast. Like I have almost 350 episodes right now. Like I've always done two podcasts a week, no matter what. Like even if I'm doing it the night before, like it always gets done. And I always send an email, at least one email every single week. Like to me, that was like, I I have to do that. And I think the interesting thing is, is in business, there's a difference between client attraction and sales. And client attraction is you always have new eyes on your business. So like speaking on a podcast or creating a podcast is a way for new people to get to know you. That's not necessarily sales. Sales is like once they're on your email list, you're asking to work with them. You're like putting out an invite. It's different. And I think a lot of people go directly to sales and they're like, well, no one's paying attention to me, but it's because we haven't spent time on that client attraction piece. Uh, so I think going back to your original question, for me, it was really working on, well, what's the the solution that people in my niche are looking for? They want to get there faster. They're working full time. They don't have a lot of time. They, I literally hear, I want somebody to tell me exactly what to do. And so that's what I say. Like you work with me, I will tell you exactly what to do. We'll put together a strategy for what it looks like to roll out the next thing. And so that's what we started doing and then used the podcast and other, you know, client attraction tools to make sure that we had people that were paying attention to what we were teaching. I think that's a huge key is the roadmap. When I was going through things, it was like, I couldn't do like, I've never done it before. And I was, you know, I had no idea what I wanted or did, or I always worked for somebody else. And then at the time I wasn't really working at all. I was just kind of whatever. And so having a roadmap for me, I just needed to be told what to do, how to do it, because I wasn't, I would wish you washed too much. I would flip and flop and I just needed to just commit to a path and be told how to do it and give me a time, time span on what I need to do because I work better that way. Um, so I think that that's super helpful when someone is going into something that's already unknown, they don't want to hear, well, what do you want to do? It's well, here's your options. These are what works or the model similar to whatever it is you're doing and then Mm -hmm. commit to a path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Having a roadmap and accountability is really important. Yeah, for sure. And so when you said you only had eight to 10 hours, where did you find those eight to 10 hours? Was it in the morning before they got, the kids got up? Was it lunch after night, like nighttime? Yeah. I always joke, like I didn't really have time to work during the day because I had a, a a job where I was in front of executives. And so it's not like I could be like, Hey, the best time to post on Instagram is 11 AM because I would be in a meeting or something like that. So for me, I had to really work ahead of ahead, like have systems in place where I was working ahead, but also it was most of the time in the morning. So for me, it was like six to seven, seven 30, um, now granted there wasn't a commute at this time because we were all working from home. And so it was like, if I could work, I think I did the math one time. It's like, if you work eight hours a week for a year, it's 416 hours. 
Like if you were working on the right things at the right time for 416 hours a year, I guarantee you would see progress. And so I just really had to be intentional about, you know, again, what are those client attraction tools? How am I creating content that serves, that's getting new eyes on what I'm doing? Um, and then how am I being really consistent? And so it was like Monday through Friday, six to seven, six to seven thirty, showing up every week. And I, I think people are like, well, that gets so boring. That's so much. And it's like, well, it is at the beginning, but if I, if I told you, you did that for a year. And then after that, you could retire yourself and your husband, like, would you do it? And so it's not, it's not easy, but it's not hard. Um, so I really worked on being consistent with those activities. And then one of the things that I did to sort of help me stay on track was I created theme days. So I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't have to worry about what I was doing, right? Cause it's 6am you're tired. And so I was like, okay, Monday is content day, Tuesday, I'm writing podcasts, Wednesday, I'm doing client calls, Thursday, I'm writing more content. And then I would create these themes so that I would just be able to stay on track as we went through the week. Yeah, I'm probably staying ahead of the game or a month ahead or two weeks mm-hmm. ahead. Sometimes if you're too far ahead, you lose touch with the audience because <clears throat> things come up, questions come in. So just being very, you know, habitual almost, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you have a laundry day and you have, you know, certain days a week, trash day, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with your business. I always say run your household like a business because- yeah. Exactly. It is, but just doesn't pay you back. I mean, really. So there's no reason in having some sort of, you know, ritual or, you know, habits that form around that. Um, Do you, what kind of systems do you like to use and put in place? Um, Do you, like automation's key when you're trying to get things done quicker and not feel so stressed and know that it's done. I know that learning those systems might be daunting for some and maybe hiring someone to set them up is better, but what kind of systems do you use? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I would say my systems were mostly things that I set up to hold me accountable. I think at the beginning of business, people get wrapped up in like, what tool do I use? I use ClickUp or Trello or whatever. And then you spend hours trying to set it up, but really you should use that time to create content or something like that. Um, so I don't get, I didn't really get stuck on this, on that system at the beginning. Um, I do obviously have a quarterly planner and what I did instead was really was intentional about my email communication and funnels. So anything that I could do to sort of make it a better customer experience going back to like that 80, 20 rule of, you know, 20% of your actions create any 80% of your, um, revenue or 20% of your, um, clients create 80% of your revenue, like really making sure that my current clients were getting the best customer experience and thinking through how to automate that. That's really what I focused on at the beginning. And then I would say more recently, we've gotten into like hiring and delegating and we use ClickUp now um behind the scenes to make sure that everyone has sort of their tasks aligned and updated but i think people spend is like it's click up like monday or Mm -hmm. uh, trello yeah yeah but i think people spend weeks and months on setting up this perfect system where if you wrote a couple emails and created some really amazing content you would probably get a couple clients and i would argue that that's going to force you to create a system 
Um, and so that's what I really tried to focus on at the beginning before getting into all the fancy tools. Yeah. And I think now things play better with each other in the sandbox. Like when I first Mm -hmm. started, like you had to have an app for every little thing to get it to schedule to Instagram or Facebook needed to talk with this. Now Canva has come to the table with, you can schedule it in Canva. So it's a one-stop shop. So just knowing that there's things out there that you might use now that have these tools already in place, you don't have to go and relearn another one. Things are now a little bit better, I feel, than two years ago, three years ago, where you had to have something that talked to something that talked to something all the time. Um, and this sticking with what works. Yeah, exactly. So what do you recommend if someone is listening and they um, have maybe already started, maybe they're a year or two in and they're not seeing much um, traction? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend is it, I mean, we just talked about sales. We talked about maybe we're just not getting in front of our clients more. Um, have like, did you get stuck in your journey in that point where you kind of plateaued or you felt like you might've plateaued? I mean, I think every business owner plateaus, like whether it's for a year or a month, I feel like that's like the ebb and flow of entrepreneurship. Um, I think a lot of times we underestimate uh, content and what we share. I always, I always say content is king. Like to me, it's like content builds trust, trust creates authority, authority creates relationships and relationships create sales. So whenever when somebody, whenever somebody tells me they're stuck, I always go back to what content are you sharing? What is your message? Is it really clear what you do? Like you should be able to like rattle off to your neighbor in two sentences, what you do as a business And then what's that? Like, I actually just did a podcast on it. Like, what's the promise that you're putting out to the world that you can help people? So like my promises is I'm not a coach, I'm a strategist, and I will help you build a full-time business on a part-time schedule. I could share that with anyone really easily and all of my content wraps around that. And so I think when you think about, well, I put this out there and no one's responding or the same people are clicking on the, you know, links. I get that all the time. Like Sally keeps clicking on my link, but never purchases. And it's because the promise or the solution that you're offering is not resonating with her. So I would always just go back to what does your content look like? How are you educating? Like I'm a advocate of like giving stuff away for free. Like here are three things that you can do to build your schedule Um, Monday through Friday, or like, here are three ways to create content in a half hour or less. Like, what are things that you could just put out there? So people are like, oh, I love that. Like, I want to learn more. Um, And really thinking about what that looks like. I also come out with a new lead magnet almost every single quarter. Like it's something new. It's something different. And, uh, I think it really resonates with people because before they work with me, they know, they know what I teach. They know how I teach. Uh, they know that I sit in a room with like palm trees in the background, like they know me. And so that just creates a a relationship where it's easy to have conversations about what the next step is. Do you go live in a lot of your, like, do you have a live day that you set up? Have you noticed that that's been helpful? I don't, most of my business is built offline. Again, going back to, um, I didn't have the space or the capacity to have a live day when I was working full time. 
Um, so I really dial into my podcast and doing videos and things like that. And then we repurpose everything. So like 95% of what you see on Instagram is repurposed from somewhere else. At the beginning, it was me repurposing it. Now we have a team. Um, I do, but I don't do a lot of live stuff because I don't really want someone else controlling my schedule. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, I know that's a great strategy and some people like love it, but for me, it just didn't work with like what my corporate schedule was. So it really wasn't an, it wasn't an opportunity that I could build on because I would be different all the time. Yeah. And so I guess the message there is just because you see or hear other people doing it doesn't mean it's right for you because there's other ways to do it. Everyone, um, I used to do a Instagram bootcamp where it was beginners just to like learn how to post on Instagram because they're starting a business and they're like, I just need to know what to push, right? Very basic. It was very simple. It's a how-to, this is what a reel is. This is how you do it. This is when you would use it or, you know, just very basic. Anything beyond that, it was like, here's other options or you you stay in your lane, Mm -hmm. but there's no right or wrong way. If it's not for you, I hate going live. It gives me heart palpitations. I, yeah. I'm preaching all day long when I was at least teaching the Instagram, like it is King. Cause that's what the algorithm likes, but I cannot stand going live. I don't like it. I stutter. I'm a pretty good, like public speaker, but for some reason, just, I just don't do, I don't like it. Um, I feel like there's always chaos going on at the most, every time I choose to do it. So I don't utilize it. I do a lot of just like show my face, lots of links It seems to work, you know, just doing what's right for you. And if it doesn't feel good, audiences can pick up on it. So then do something that does feel good. Yeah. I, I always say you have to pick the thing that you're going to be consistent with. So if you hate going live, then that's not the thing for me. It's podcasting. I love podcasting. I could do it all the time. I have like seven private podcasts, a regular podcast. Uh, I think I spoke on like 300 podcast interviews in 2023. And so it's like that, that was my thing. Um, so I think you have to pick the thing that you can be consistent with. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So tell us a little more about what you offer, how we can get in touch with you and how we can uh, maybe get your, some of your help. Because I think a lot of people, especially like this is more of a parenting, like there's a lot of parents that listen to this, a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this and they feel like they might have to change or choose, or they, you know, use the excuse, like we just don't have the time. Yeah. But we do, it's just knowing and being guided on how, um, and maybe you're, you know, you, know, you did it two years with twins. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. I always say building a business in a pandemic when the world's shutting down with twins in kindergarten is not a phase that I would like to repeat. Oh. But I learned a lot. Uh, And one of the things that I put together is what I call CEO week. And so it's a whole, it's a five-day challenge. It's completely free. And basically I share with you how to create a weekly schedule where you can take control of your priorities. So whether it's building a business or, um, you know, being more efficient at your corporate job or whatever that looks like. Uh, and the base of it is in eight to 10 hours a week. So I teach you how to create your schedule. And then I teach you how to create theme days that resonate with what you're doing. And so you can just go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash CEO week. Um, 
and it's me behind the scenes answering questions. Like I said, I really like to make it a, a customized process. You can go through the whole thing. Uh, you can listen to it. It's an audible format um, and live. And so it's a great way to just get your schedule back on track. And I always say, if you can control your schedule, you can control your life in whatever category. Um, so that's been one of our, our most popular workshops. Are you a uh, planner, like writing paper down and electronic? Or are you like, what's your, like, I love me a good color coding system. I have yeah. an assistant that runs my schedule because I just, I will double book or forget. And so I just know that that's my weakness. So that's what I have. But, um, what do you do? I do both. So we have our crush the rush quarterly planner where I will like time block my day, but everything sits in Google, Google calendar, where we've got a business calendar, family calendar. It's totally color coded. Um, and then I have ClickUp, which also has all of our tasks and activities and they like all work together. Uh, but I found that the most important way to hold yourself accountable is to have like a cheat sheet. So that would be paper where you're writing down like, Hey, here are the three things that I absolutely have to get done today. If the internet goes out or my phone doesn't work or whatever, I know like, these are the things that I have to do. Um, so it's a mix, but I definitely write it down with paper and highlight yeah, it. And I always used to say, like, if you write down your three non-negotiables, so write down like your three non-negotiables and then your three high priority and then whatever you don't get done, you move to the next day. So you move that into the non-negotiable. That way it is getting done. You just push it off a day and you also time block each thing. But mm -hmm. I think what's really important is after you've taken care of your tasks to also reflect on how it made you feel, because if you were like, okay, that wasn't as bad, or I probably didn't need as much time to do that as, you know, so next time I can do it a little quicker or, oh, I needed way more time. I totally underestimated that. Or I hated doing that. It was not something I enjoyed doing. It put me in a bad mood and really just kind of got me off balance today. And maybe I should delegate that elsewhere or yeah. find a different way to do it. Cause it doesn't mean you have to do those things. Maybe you find someone to do it for you or, um, always looking at how it made you feel and see what kind of, you know, cause you want to feel good about what you're doing for your business. You don't want to feel like you're, it's daunting in any way. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much for being here. And I really encourage the listeners to go and check out crush the rush. I think that it's fantastic. I love the name, by the way, I'm a big thank you. acronym <laughs> and alliteration fan. Uh, but I think that, uh, starting a business is already hard and not knowing where to start is very difficult. And so if you even could just start one place, definitely recommend uh, going to check out Holly and her, um, for all her stuff. All the links will be in the show notes. Check out her podcast. She's got great content. That's a lot of content, 350 some odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and so uh, do you have any Instagram handles that you'd like to share or... I do. I'm on Instagram. It's just the Holly Marie Haynes. We have a whole story behind it. Like our Instagram account got hacked. We started fresh. Um, so you can come say hi, hang out there occasionally. Very cool. And you'll be able to show, find it in the show notes and please take a peek and check it out. If you need some more help too, please um, hit up Holly, get her lead magnets, get on her, her uh, newsletter. I'm sure she has plenty of tips and tricks for everyone. So uh, we're going in the third quarter. So you know, if you want to plan for next year, now is a good time. So I really appreciate you being here. And thank you for sharing a lot of your tips today with us, uh, Holly. And, you know, good luck to you in the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Again, you can find everything in the show notes. Don't forget to rate and review. We love it. And please reach out. We love to hear from you, both me and Holly. Uh, love to hear what you have to say. If there's things that you would wish we shared, please tell us and we can always bring Holly back and ask more questions. So thanks again. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.